Chargers training camp is heating up and it was clear on day two that the winners were the defense and it seems like all of these new pieces might be coming together a little quicker than we thought. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons. We're headed into our fifth season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms, wherever you get your podcast from. But it's training camp and David decided to go up for two days in a row, two Chargers training camp, and the one thing that came out was it seemed like the defense was on the winning side of things when he went up there on Thursday. So we have to get into some of the defensive standouts and Joey Bosa talking about one position we're maybe not talking about enough. But then we'll get into Joe Lombardi talking about all of the different position battles and where things stand right now. He had a lot of nice things to say about Donald Parham, Josh Palmer, Trey McKitty, maybe somebody who people aren't talking about enough. And he also talked about knowing that tackle in running back and how that shakes out are the two things that they're watching most closely. But, David, would you say that's a fair assessment? You were up in Costa Mesa at Jack Hammett Sports Complex, and you got to watch day two of Chargers training camp. Did you say that the Chargers defense won the day-to-day? Definitely. The Chargers defense came out and was firing. They were very energetic. They were in tight coverage all day long from – Every 11 on 11, 7 on 7 period, they were glued to these wide receivers. They seemed like they were attached at the hip. They really played with a lot of fire, and it was up and down. It was guys batting down passes at the line of scrimmage. Chris Chris, uh, Chris Rumpf had a great play doing that. You had Drew Tranquil having some very good coverage over the middle on Mike Williams. You had you know Tavon Campbell even having some very good coverage on Josh Palmer on a kind of a deep uh you know go route out um which you know was fantastic i mean you can just really tell that early on in camp the defense it seems like you know with all of these different pieces that at least obviously without any pads on it yeah. seems like they are very comfortable playing with each other and this is a very very good thing for the chargers yeah, of course. And I mean, I think obviously at this point of training camp, you're learning about certain positions, especially a lot more than others, right? This yeah. is a part of training camp that much more lends itself to corners, receivers, safeties, running backs, quarterbacks, yeah. right? With the big dudes up front, that's going to have a lot to do with when the pads get on, right? And how you can start assessing those guys. But the assessment has already started. So it is nice to see, you know, some young players stepping up and making big plays, some guys fighting for roster spots at the end of the roster, stepping up and making big plays, some rookies making big plays. But, I mean, yeah, Daniel Popper, this is how he put it. He said that Herbert had an incomplete pass on his first three attempts of seven-on-seven. One point he was just standing there with no one open for like five seconds, and then I guess the defense was like, hey, like, that's a sack now. We don't have anyone out there that can sack him because it's basically passing league, but he would have been sacked by now. And then, I mean, there's probably no... No bigger thing than Keenan Allen. I mean, who said it best probably when he said, the defense is already looking like a 360 team that kicked our ass today, which is a good thing. Hopefully, 
we can keep building on it. So I'll, def- I'll definitely take his word for it. For it. Oh yeah, you and you should because, like I said, those guys were out there getting mugged. Uh, the the receivers did not have a lot of very productive plays. There was a couple. I mean, there was a couple of really nice plays. Like Mike Williams caught a really nice pass over the middle from Justin Herbert, which you know had coverage that was pretty much glued to him. But Mike Williams did what he does. He makes contested catches, and you know he kept on going. That was a nice play. And then there was a really deep play to Donald Parham for a, a big touchdown. There's a couple of clips of that out there that honestly, that one, that one looked good. And it got you really excited for, for what he is capable of doing. And I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. For sure. I mean, it's nice to always see those things, but it seemed like the offensive good parts of the day were very few and far between, at least everything I've read and from everything that you told me. So it is nice because what it means, David is, Hey, they're coming together because a lot of this yeah. is done, you know, seven on seven, 11 on 11. There's no Derwin James outside there. So no. it's like if you're doing that with those guys, you know, with Alohi Gilman in there, you know, subbing Tavon Campbell, Michael Davis in there. You got rookie corners in there and they're still being connected enough to have a day that good defensively. That still is saying something, even though obviously with no pads training camp, you have to take it with a grain of salt. You do for sure, because, hey, at the end of the day, this game is played with pads on in a physical nature. And you just can't really do that. You can't replicate that when you're out here with a a training camp Jersey on and some shorts, Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that you're keeping your teammates healthy. And that's honestly a large reason why there was a difference in the turnout this year in OTAs because they saw how it was run last year and they understood that there was a much bigger focus on keeping these guys healthy. They felt good coming out here. They felt comfortable and confident. And it seems like the fact that they were able to all come out to these organized team activities and these voluntary workouts, that it is paying dividends now that we get them in camp because the defense is really, really gluing. They're really connected. They feel like they've been together for a long period of time. They feel very comfortable with each other and when you add pieces, not not just to one area, but to pretty much every single level of the defense, and they're already having this much success, that only bodes well for that confidence rolling into Monday when they put the pads on for the first time. Yeah, and that'll tell you a lot more about even like the linebackers and stuff, you know. But Joey Bosa did say they are coming together, you know, quick, quicker than he thought. He also said how cool it is to have guys who have won Super Bowl championships willing to come to your team in free agency because that means, hey, they think they can continue that. They think they can go for it again with your team. But I did think you brought up a good point about the edge rushers, basically just saying that with Kyle Van Noy being a middle linebacker right now and that taking all of his snaps, like some of these young dudes have to step up. And he said Chris Rump, Jamal Davis, Ty Shelby, Carlo Kemp, I think they're all working hard. Mekeg Bouwe is coming back. I think it's his fourth year now. We're going to need those guys to step up with Kenneth Murray out. With Kyle Van Noy going to middle linebacker, we're definitely going to need it. He did say that Rumpf is not a string bean, any, string bean anymore. Now he's an asparagus stock on it, what you were going <laughs> for yesterday. But he did also say he thought Chris Rumpf was going to be a big part of his defense. But the part I want to focus on here, David, is we weren't sure how much of an option, right, that fifth edge rusher, if you're including Kyle Van Noy as an edge rusher, yeah. how much th- that spot was really available, if they would keep five, right? Yeah. Now it seems like that spot is very up for grabs, and you yes. do have guys like Jamal Davis, right, or Ty Shelby, an undrafted free agent, Carlo Kemp coming from the USFL, and they have, you know, one of these dudes has a good shot, including, you know, an incumbent in a Mecca Bue who's still been hanging around on the practice squad. 
Like that is very much a spot that seems like it'll be able to be earned by one of these young guys. Well, yeah, the, the door we saw the door was cracked for that position. We we when we were analyzing the roster, we saw that if there was anywhere where they could add a body or they could, you know, an undrafted guy could potentially make the roster, it was at edge. Now that we know that Kenneth Murray is, you know, might not even be ready for the season, that opens up an opportunity for someone else to take that roster spot. So yeah. now that door that was just slightly ajar is now wide open and it's ready for one of these guys to come in here and take that spot and earn their spot in the NFL. And it's going to be super tough because this is a really, really deep team in a lot of areas. But with Kyle Van Noy moving, that is something that's going to take away from your depth there, right? Because the yeah. linebacker depth with Kenneth Murray's injury is a little bit in question right now, too on how many players they're going to keep at that spot when they make their final cuts. But there's a lot up in the air for now, but I think now we do have at least a clearer picture on what could be available as an edge rusher and also how quickly this defense is coming together. And Bosa said, hey, it's because we got a lot of smart players that we brought in here as well and guys who have done it before. But there's no question about it. Like the Chargers, if they want it all to come together, if they want to truly contend, they're going to have to, you know, come together, be that well-communicating group and have – the kind of defense that the Rams had in 2020 when they were one of the best teams. But we do have Joe Lombardi who chimed in on some of these things as well, especially on the offense and highlighted a couple of players. I think everyone would be excited about because if the Chargers do want to make a Super Bowl run, right? Or something like that, you are going to need guys like Donald Parham, Josh Palmer, Trey McKitty in year two to step up. But if you actually think the Chargers will make the Super Bowl, you go to betonline.net and put your money where your mouth is. That's the only place I'm placing my bets in right now. I'm itching for football season, so I've already dipped into the futures for the NFL, whether it's Brandon Staley for Coach of the Year, where the Chargers will finish in the AFC West, or Justin Herbert in his MVP bid. But we know football isn't truly, truly back yet, but that doesn't mean you can't stop betting with betonline.net because you can go with golfing, UFC, boxing, horse racing, esports, your favorite Vegas casino games. You can find everything at BetOnline, and what I love about it is they make it fun. There's always a ton of good prop bets. You can parlay. You can do live in-game betting to change your fortunes in real time, and I love that it always gives me a chance, and I love that it makes things like baseball a lot more interesting, even though, you know, I do like baseball, but it's a lot... (laughs) I like it a lot more when I have something going on there, right? And it, It definitely makes it a lot more interesting, so make sure you guys head to BetOnline or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline where the game starts. All right, David. Well, we know that the defense has been playing well, right, so far, and it's probably won the first couple of days of training camp. And I think some people, that's led them to kind of question, okay, well, what about the offense, right? And, and I think, I guess what the question here is, David, is just, are you giving more credit to the Chargers defense, or is there any concern that the offense hasn't been able to put it together yet when you have, obviously, so many great players? I don't. I, I am not concerned about this at all. I'm not worried about the Chargers offense. This is pretty typical, honestly. If you go back to every training camp, it just seems like the defense catches on a little bit quicker than the offense. And, hey, let's not forget that they're doing installs right now. They're, they're, they're trying to, to implement new plays and get comfortable with, the, with that, understand those assignments and the alignments, and making sure you're getting lined up properly. All that stuff is being you know, taken into account. And also, they don't have any pads on. So, it, you know, take it for what it is. It, it isn't it's nice to see that the defense is performing well, but I'm not concerned with a top five offense 
whatsoever, it's fine. It's very early. The pads will come on. The offense will get better. Everything is okay. The sky is not falling. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I think that narrative is a little bit of a straw man. I don't think people are really freaking out too much about the Chargers offense when you have a guy like Justin Herbert. But obviously, when you're going up against the players you are going up against now, you know, with guys like Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson and Bryce Callahan, it's probably going to be a little tougher than it was last year when you were going up against the 29th ranked defense in the league, right? So things might have came a little bit more smoothly even when the offense wasn't quite as you know where it needed to be as far as them all getting on the same page and getting in tune with Joe Lombardi's offense but yeah I mean it's going to go back and forth like this there's going to be really good days for the offense and there's going to be really good days for the defense but I do think that there are some positive takeaways you can still come out of from the from the defense and the offense even in a tough day and Joe Lombardi did get to speak at a press conference today and that was something we haven't seen from him in a while so it was nice to see him back up there but I like what he had to say about Josh Palmer because he's a guy we've been talking about and saying we don't know how he's going to get the reps to do it but if he can somehow get on the field enough he could be in line for a breakout season and when he was asked about him he said he's a guy that's jumped out to us early I think he keeps getting better and more confident especially your first year as the offense gets installed. There's a volume aspect that can be overwhelming to a rookie. I think that part, but he's had that hurdle, so he'll just really be able to go out and play fast. He looked really good yesterday. I'll watch the film today. He's another guy. We keep saying this. I think we can get involved more. So, David, this is a guy that I think is poised to do much better than he did in his rookie season, but obviously it's going to come down to him right now and being able to secure that wide receiver three spot and find a way for them to not leave him off the field. Yeah, I mean, Josh Palmer has been doing the absolute most that he has been possibly capable of since college. In college at Tennessee, he was catching passes from quarterbacks that will never see the light of day again. They were very, very bad. And then he shows up at the Senior Bowl and he basically beats every top corner like a drum and was immediately put on the Chargers radar. And he took that same work ethic into every single practice, every single time. And that work ethic has really paid off with him performing in the big moments and then taking that into year two, where he has an entire year of experience behind him. And he's going into an offense that was fantastic before, should be even better this year with that comfortability in the offense and that chemistry getting better with Justin Herbert. Josh Palmer is a guy that you want to see succeed and he puts the work in to succeed. Yeah. And Keenan Allen said, you know, about going into the second season in the NFL as a wide receiver and talked about what it is like making that transition going into year two. And he just said, Hey, you're learning more about the angles. You're learning more about where your quarterback wants you, where your offensive coordinator wants you. And it gets you more on the same page. We know he's dedicated to taking passes from Justin Herbert after practice and just continuing to try to get on the same page. But it is different when you have guys out there who are putting hands on you as opposed to running against, you know, ghosts in a secondary, just running, you know, naked offense against no defense. It's a lot different than when guys are trying to reroute you or going to press you at the line of scrimmage, even with no pads on like that chemistry, that communication, that timing is going to take time. And that's what's all getting developed right here. But I did also like what he had to say about the tight ends. He had nice things to say about Trey McKitty. And about Donald Barham, and he said, Donald Barham, he's a guy that I think can do a lot more than maybe we did last year. The hard part is you have a lot of players you want to get the ball to. And in Trey McKitty's case, he said pretty much the same thing. He said every time you're trying to work someone else a little bit more into the offense, you're taking away touches from wide receiver Mike Williams, from Keenan Allen, from Austin Eckler. He's more than capable to do it. 
we'll just see how it works in that progression. And I think it's a great point, David, just because it's like, I like both these guys too. I think Donald Parham should have a better year. I mean, Trey McKitty barely caught any passes last year, so I think he could surpass that. But it's not as easy as just like, hey, we're going to keep getting this guy more involved because there are a ton of mouths to feed, so there can only be so many guys having a breakout season. It's Josh Palmer and Donna Barham and Trey McKitty, right, and Jalen Guyton. Like, I mean, it, it just can't be all those guys because all of those targets are taking away from one of the other very, very talented offensive players that you have. Yeah, even DeAndre Carter was getting a couple touches in training camp today on offense. So that's just another person that you have to account for potentially getting snaps. Uh, but honestly, I'm not I'm not too worried about it for Trey McKitty. And the reason for that is he's such a good blocker. And because he's on the field so much and he's blocking so much, he's going to get those play action opportunities. That's one thing that Joe Lombardi talked about is, yeah, we have him on the field all the time, but he's going to have to run some routes occasionally in those play action situations. And I think that's where he can make some money as a pass catcher, as a tight end. And for Donald Parham, the the reach is ridiculous. The size is unteachable. It's something the Chargers did not exploit enough, and they should exploit more. He is a matchup nightmare. There are nobody in the league that has that kind of size to be able to cover him. So you got to use it, and the Chargers didn't do it enough, and hopefully he is out there and healthy, and they can do that a lot more, especially in, on third down and in the red zone. Yeah, and what Joe Lombardi said about him as well is I think his ability to go up and catch the ball, high point it, it's his high in size dif- height and size differential is really something that we want to tap into. Yes. And yeah, of course, when you have a physical freak like that, the dude's like 6'8", right, and can yeah. jump and can run like a 4'6". But I think it's you, you just don't want to see him only use as like, okay, hey, run a fade because we're near the goal line, right? Yeah, Find true. a way to get him in space because the other thing he does is have super, super long legs, and when he catches the ball and he's running, it, he destroys a lot of angles. He's very hard to tackle. <laughs> he's hard to tackle, man. It's I mean, hard he's hard to, to tackle ground. when he's standing still. He's going to be yeah. very, very hard to tackle when he's running four, six pass. He's two, deceptively right? quick, too. He, just, he has really good ball skills in the open field. For sure, and let's be honest. I mean, anything with Donna Parham at this point is gravy. I mean, the fact that yes. he came back from the scary injury that he had in 2021 and just seeing him out there running around healthy and the want to and the passion still being there, Love it. After having an injury, really, that probably makes you question everything. All props to Donna Parham. And even though, yes, there's a lot of mouse to feed, I mean, it's very easy to see why they'd want to get someone like him more involved. Joe Lombardi also complimented his run blocking, and that's obviously going to be something that helps him. But let's be honest. He's a split out, super huge wide receiver, and that still has major value in the modern NFL. And I'm excited to see in year three for him, 10 catches, 20 catches, Maybe he goes for 30 this year. I'm excited to see how it goes because we know Let's he could get 40. six, seven touchdowns. See, David, you're doing the thing. How many people can break out? You can't have Gerald Everett catching 80, <laughs> Donald Parham catching 40, Keenan Allen catching 105, you know, Such a Mike great Williams problem catching to 80. have. Totally. But there's only there's only so much production to go around. But I mean, it's very, very, very good problem. One football. to have. But everyone really wants to know, David, is what's the status on the fullback competition between Gabe Neighbors and Xander Horvath? Joe Lombardi did update us on how some of these big, big time position battles are going to play out, including running back and right tackle as well. So we're going to get into that coming up right after this. Will Xander Horvath and his sweet mustache find a way to edge out Gabe neighbors as the team's tight end. David, that is something we're going to talk about. But Joe Lombardi did touch on a lot of the big things we've been talking about, and it did seem 
to the most part, like we had it all right. We were right about everything. No, but I, I think it just shows you. I think one of the things that people forget, especially this time of year, is like with right tackle, you know, it's like they also know it was a problem. I mean, they might not have had the urgency to yeah. go get a new one, but it, they know it's a problem. They know how bad it believe was. I believe they last watched year. that tape. Yeah. 100%. And with the running backs as well, it kind of reconfirmed how I thought they felt about, you know, Josh Kelly right now and yeah. maybe even Larry Roundtree. Because when Joe Lombardi was asked about what the running back competition was like, he said, I expect to see growth from Larry Roundtree. He also said, hey, there's only so much you can do in pads. And even when you put pads on, nobody's getting taken down to the ground. So you can only learn so much from a physicality standpoint about these running backs. And I think that's probably what Larry Roundtree wants to be as a physical running back. But he did say, I expect to see growth from running back Larry Roundtree mentally, just being more reliable from that perspective. I'll be excited to see what Isaiah Spiller is going to do. Obviously, we felt good about him as a prospect. So we see how he transitioned and Josh Kelly. We know a little bit more about it's another guy we feel good about. That'll be very important to see who rises and kind of wins that two spot. So we know it's an open competition. He's basically admitting such to everyone, right? He's saying, hey, after Austin Eckler, it could be any of these guys. But it does seem like right now it's still, you know, Josh Kelly, number two behind Austin Eckler. Now Isaiah Spiller, three. And even after some run today, I mean, you hear a comment like that. It's hard to think that, you know, Isaiah Spiller might already be three going for two. And it might have already even surpassed Larry Roundtree in that sense. Yeah, it sure seems that way. It sure seems that way. And and for Larry Roundtree, I mean, he was going into a you know into the NFL for the first time and going into a new offense that was being installed for the first time. So there wasn't sure. a lot of players around that could you know say, hey, this is how you do this because they were learning it right alongside him. So now that he's been through this offense for an entire year and hopefully use the offseason to get more comfortable and more confident in the playbook and understanding everything and going out there and playing fast. Uh, maybe he can go out there and put his best foot forward and be that physical running back that he wants to be. That that room has to get fixed. I mean, there's no question it just was not good enough last year, and they need these guys to step up and really perform, and there's an opportunity to do it. Go out there and take that job because they want you to do it. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, it's nice that Josh Kelly looks good early on in training camp. And Isaiah Spiller, that's going to come with some growing pain. So, like, he'll definitely have a chance to make his way up the roster. And for Larry Roundtree, like, I don't know how many, you know, attempts he's even gotten yet to really show yeah. how much better he is in year two. But I think there's a clear kind of hierarchy right now as to how this team sees things based on just yeah. how much they've been out there two days in, obviously. <laughs> yeah. And it just seems like right now, Larry Roundtree might be the odd man out. Yeah. Especially when you find out that Xander Horvath might be getting some carries just as a regular running back during the preseason. But it's so funny because it's like, I mean, a mile away when he was taken in the seventh round, it was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be one of those dudes. You know, everyone's going to get behind during training camp. And how can you not? You know, the dude has pythons coming out of his training camp just jersey. guns. Sweet mustache. You it's know, illegal. totally looks the part. Just a huge dude for a running back. Maybe a little <laughs> thinner than most fullbacks. But I think the refreshing thing here, David, is like, yeah, he might not look like as wide as someone you'd see as a traditional fullback. But they're not necessarily thinking about him in that way, right? And this is yeah. what he said about him, right? He said... Xander's a pretty good athlete. Gabe did a good job last year catching the ball. All those things come in. You kind of figure out what you got, and I can if I can use it. Maybe he's not the traditional fullback. I wouldn't be surprised if Xander's in there in the preseason, got some runs, 
line him up as one back, see what he does there. I think there's a discovery process that'll happen with him and Gabe will keep developing. We'll see how it falls out. But it is interesting because you know like the wheels are spinning for them and what they can do with this dude. I mean, they're trying to give him carries. I mean, he did have a fumbling issue, but like he also hurtled as many people as balls he fumbled onto the ground. So like it, it does seem like at this point, at the very least, it seems a lot like, yeah, he's mentioning Gabe Neighbors, and I don't want to just put down Gabe Neighbors, but there's a certain level of intrigue that seems like it's coming from Joe Lombardi and, and this coaching staff surrounding Xander Horvath, his freakish athletic ability, and the sweet mustache. It just it just seems like listening to that, that Joe Lombardi is just sitting back there just like, yes. I mean, he was smiling let's when he was talking about I it. Can... Like, you can see a twinkle in his eye, for sure. Yeah, let's see what I can do with this <laughs> Xander Horvath here. I'm very excited. It just, it just, you could see that almost childlike excitement about how he's going to use Xander Horvath in the offense and what he's going to be able to do. And I'll be honest, I'm super excited to watch this guy in the preseason. And I'm putting the over-under on hurdles at three. I think we're going to see at least three, and I think we're going to go more than that. No question about it. Three hurdles in the preseason? I'm here for it. Is that what you just said? Yes, let's go. I don't know. See, you're trying to make an NFL team. I don't know how much they want you hurdling, but, I mean, I I would definitely – it's a Love signature it for sure. I mean, I mean, it is. And he also just runs like a mean dude, too. He's also yes. runs like super straight up and doesn't yes, have a does. lot of lateral quickness. <laughs> but when you move like that, you know, sometimes you don't need all those other things. He runs pretty decent routes, especially for a full bank. And yeah. what also Joe Lombardi said is like, hey, sometimes when you have an obvious blitzing situation and it's third and long and you know you need great pass protection from your running back, you might need to throw a big dude in there and not have Austin Eckler trying to take on 250-pound yeah. linebackers every time. So pass protection and things like that are going to help. You can do it, but you don't yeah. want him doing it every time. 100%. I'd rather send you know Xander Horvath in there to just like look him, look straight into a linebacker's eyes and like have the dude fall on the ground. He's, just, he's so scared to, to take that dude on in the hole. Uh, the I power mean, it, of the mustache. Yeah, exactly. But it seems like they're intrigued. I'm intrigued. It's definitely a fun storyline. How much comes out of it? You know, I'm not going to predict a breakout season for Xander Horvath to go along with Donald Parham, Trey McKitty, Josh Palmer, Jalen Guyton, and Gerald Everett, everyone else. But <laughs> I, I do think, you know, they're intrigued. There was a lot of oh, yeah. healthy scratches from Gabe Neighbors last year. Yep. But even if he's not a fully traditional fullback, you still have to do a lot of those things. So he's he definitely has a learning curve. He's going to have to try to to overcome. Yeah, he's going he to have to block guys. He's going to be able to meet guys in the hole. He's going to have to be able to protect the quarterback totally. and pass protection. All of those things are part of being a fullback. It's not just here's the ball and, and go run. That's not going to be the responsibilities. You got to learn how to block to be a fullback in the NFL. Yeah, and that's the thing with Josh Kelly, too, is like as much as it's nice to see him looking a little quicker, looking like he's coming into a camp in great shape, it's like, hey, you can't be whiffing on blocks or going to the wrong side when you have a blitzer coming off the At other all. side and putting Justin Herbert's life in peril, right? And if I was yeah. any of these running backs, any of these fullbacks, I would literally just be faux pass protecting at all times throughout the day. I'd just be like walking to anywhere, <laughs> you know, just like whatever it takes. Rashawn like Slater one, on the cruise doing pass sets. 100%. Yeah. 100% I would be because it's like the one thing you can't do, I mean, second is probably fumble. Number one is don't let – the golden boy Justin Herbert just get absolutely obliterated. Don't let anyone touch him. Oh, 100%. 100%. But speaking of the tackle situation and the non Rashawn Slater tackle situation, Joe Lombardi did give a little bit of an update on that and just about what would decide that 
winning spot for the right tackle, whether it's Storm Norton or Trey Pipkins. He said consistency, guys that you can count on playing and play out. I think Storm Norton is just going to get better. And I think when Trey Pipkins, kind of like Josh Palmer, when Trey went in and played last year, I built some confidence, I think, in him and us having confidence in him. That's going to be a very important one right now. We're just here in helmets. We're not getting as much information. That'll start in a few days when we put the pads on. And the preseason games will be really important too. But I think that we're going to end up a lot better there, regardless of who wins that position. I have a really good feeling about our depth there as well. So, David, I guess I just want to ask, are you buying that? Are you buying that no matter who wins that position, that they're going to be a lot better, even when it's just the same two guys going for the same spot? I don't know how you can say it's going to be a lot better. I mean, I understand. It'd be hard to say it could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I'm I'm happy to hear that part of it, but I I do think, you know, just like I've said before, they know what they have with Rashawn Slater on the left side, and so I feel like they can probably plan a little bit more on the right side to, no matter who is is starting there at right tackle, but also they have another year in the offense and they have another year playing next to these other guys on the offensive line, and there's a lot of very good players on this offensive line that could you know, help them along. But yeah, th- that's this is clearly the most important battle. But also, nothing has happened yet, people. Yeah. <laughs> this battle is not going to be decided until they put the pads on and they go up against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack for a couple of weeks straight. Then we'll really see where our right tackle situation is at that point in time. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's when you'll know. The preseason is when you have a better idea, you know, but you can't have two better tests. And that, like, and Joey Bosa said, like, hey, me and Khalil Mack are totally different rushers, right? So, like, I think that also helps your tackles in some sense just because you're not seeing two dudes who are both just speed rushers, right? Yeah. Like, there's no safety <laughs> when you're out there. It's not safer when Joey Bosa lines up across you than it is when Khalil Mack. I mean, you're always nah. in danger. It's always going to be a code red when you're lined up against either of those two. And it's a sink or swim situation right now for these guys trying to go out for a right tackle. And you have to hope one of them runs away with it. You have to hope you see some Trey Pipkins, you know, stonewalling Joey Bosa or Storm Norton, stonewalling Khalil Mack and not getting forklifted, which isn't, you know, in its own way a win against Khalil Mack. And I think that, yeah, I think it could be better. I mean, to just, blindly say that it will be a lot better i just think is the the leap that we can't take yet you still have to see it in training yeah. camp and more little, importantly a little too coach speak for me on that i mean the offensive line should be better no matter what that's the part oh, you yeah. don't want to get misconstrued i mean you get zion johnson you're gonna have an upgrade at right guard as yes. we see it and how we think it's going to play out yeah and you should get at least moderately better at right tackle if these guys can improve from one season to the next which is not out of the realm of possibilities but at all just yeah. hard to feel confident in it Maybe you can see those confidences start to get stacked on top of each other when these real live reps happen. And I'll be there on Monday to check that out because I'll be going to the first padded practice August 1st after David put in the work this weekend. We'll be back with you guys on Monday to talk about the next two practices this week because there's one today as you guys are listening to this and there's also a Saturday practice as well. So we'll be back to recap the big winners from the first week of training camp on Monday. But until then, to make sure you guys don't miss it, go subscribe to the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel. Follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever. And if you like the show, make sure to rate and review as well. We really, really appreciate it. If you guys want to get my updates on Monday from training camp, you can follow me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports. And David's also been putting some great updates out there as well. If you want to see his stuff, you can go to DroTalkSD. And we put the show on all of our social media pages as well. So you can find us on Twitter at LockedOnLAC for the show's page, on our at LockedOnChargers Instagram page, 
or our Locked On Chargers Facebook page. So make sure you guys get in on that action, or you guys can always call into the voicemail line if you want to as well at 323-524-7924. If you have any training camp comments or questions, we always appreciate them and try to get them on the show. But training camp is here. We have practice pretty much every day, and we are stoked about it. So we'll be back on Monday to recap all of the latest coming out of training camp. But until then, take it easy and go Bulls.